world celebrates uh, celebrates Good Friday. That's why it's called Good Friday. If it was a bad Friday, we wouldn't be celebrating it. It's a Good Friday. Though in other languages, it is a sad Friday. Marvel, my language, it is called a sad Friday. It's not a sad Friday. It is a good Friday. Because if he hadn't died, we wouldn't be sitting here and talking. <laughs> we wouldn't even know each other. None of us would be married to even our spouses. <laughs> we wouldn't have the children we have. Don't realize everything happened because he died. And that's where it all flows from. So this morning, as we, it would be a sad Friday if he didn't, if he didn't rise up. But he rose. He's the man who's only man whose grave is empty. Therefore, it's a good Friday. So this morning, before we look into the word, <clears throat> allow the word to look into us. We want to once again come, Lord, and thank you, Father, for your son. Thank you, Father, for giving us your son. And thank you, Lord Jesus. For as Peter said, not only living for us, but dying for us. It all happened because you chose the cross. But for the cross, Lord, truly we wouldn't be here. We would be a people without hope, separated from God, destined for destruction. But because of the cross, we are here. So this morning, when as we look into your word, I pray you will encourage us through your word. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll turn to Matthew 27, and we'll read from words 45 to 50. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabastani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those who stood there when they heard said that this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran, took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it him to drink. The rest said, leave him alone, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. These are the last moments of Jesus. We'll go back to verse 45. Now from the sixth hour, that's afternoon, mid-afternoon, twelve, until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. Three hours of darkness. Okay, three hours of darkness. We are living in times when things are pretty dark. For God's people, pretty dark. Like the church is going through a phase of darkness in modern history. And it seems like God is silent. 
and he has hidden himself. Okay. But the darkest period humanity had ever gone through was those three days and three nights. And especially, you see, the powers of darkness is midnight, 12 to 3 a.m. But here we are having at the brightest point of the day from 3, 12 to 3, Bible says darkness was all over the land. Okay. And God had forsaken his own son. So there is physical darkness and there is spiritual darkness. There is spiritual darkness. And we know that, whether we are children or older people, we know that most people dread darkness. We don't like darkness. Okay, we don't. That's why it's so difficult to put a child to sleep. You know, because it's fighting that darkness. It's fighting that darkness. And we, we all dislike darkness. In Genesis 1-2, darkness is associated with chaos, the actual Hebrew word, and darkness, the earth was void, and darkness, okay, it is void, it is chaos, okay. Isaiah would put darkness along with distress or sorrow. Ezekiel would put darkness with bondage. In Lamentations 3 and verse 6, the weeping prophet, Jeremiah, he has set me in dark places like the dead of long ago. Darkness is associated with dead people. The dead live in darkness. In Psalm 74 and verse 20, the psalmist says, For the dark places of the earth are full of the haunts of cruelty. It's in darkness most crime takes place in darkness. We call demons powers of darkness. The ultimate judgment is you are cast out into outer darkness. Job says in 14 and verse 16, there are workers of darkness. Oh, 24-16, not 14, 24-16. In the dark, they break into houses which they marked for themselves in the daytime. They do not know the light. Okay. So we have why people avoid darkness. And when calamities happen, if it happens during day and if it is happening during night, it is not the same. It is not the same. If you are hit by a storm, you would prefer it to be hit during daytime than night. An earthquake takes place, okay, in the night or day. You know, the, the terror of London was when the Nazis were bombing them in the night. In the night, wave after wave of aircrafts coming and bombing during the night. Bombing during day, you know, at least you can run, you know where to run to escape. But when it happens at night, right? That's why people avoid darkness. They don't like darkness. And we want lights everywhere. But darkness has its own plan in God's order for people. In Isaiah 45 and verse 3. <clears throat> Isaiah 45 and verse 3. The Bible says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches 
of secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. So there are treasures in darkness. It's interesting. Okay. There are certain treasures which are only found in darkness. They're only found in darkness. They won't be found in light. And they're hidden in secret places. That means they have to be discovered. They have to be revealed by those, the one who hid them. Like I said, the church is going through a dark, dark period, dark season, the believing church. Yet during this season, we need to realize darkness has much to offer us, much to offer us. And God promises that I will give you the treasures of darkness. If you look at Genesis 1, verses 1 to 3, creation came out of darkness. When God created, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. So God was doing a creation, something that was going to come out, is going to be beautiful, but he was working it out in darkness. In Genesis chapter 7 and verse 12, the second creation, 7 verse 12, the rain was on earth 40 days and 40 nights. It was absolutely dark. If you know what it means to rain, it's absolutely overcast. It's pouring for 40 days and 40 nights. And it is out of the darkness the new creation will come out. We have a new creation after, or God is doing that in darkness. Why? Because we, we need to look at something interesting in Second Samuel chapter 22 and verses 10 to 12. This is Solomon. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. Okay. Under his feet there is darkness, meaning you cannot see him. Under his feet is darkness. He rode upon a cherub and flew, and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. In verse 12, he made darkness canopies around him, dark waters and thick clouds of the sky. God inhabits in darkness. There is light and there is darkness. And God surrounds himself with both darkness and with light. Okay. So we need to realize that though we talk about powers of darkness and works of darkness, darkness in itself, God dwells in it. So we do not run away from darkness. In Second Chronicles chapter 6 and verse 1, 6 and verse 1, Solomon spoke, the Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud. Okay. Psalm 18 and verse 11. 18 and verse 11. He made darkness his secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of disguise. Over and over we see something now. Darkness being associated with God. That God surrounds himself with darkness. It is his secret place. And then... In Isaiah 45, he says, there are treasures of darkness. Okay. And therefore, we should be. What do we usually associate darkness with? Why do we? Because in darkness, you cannot see. <coughs> you cannot see. 
In darkness, you lose control. You lose control. In light, you have control. In darkness, you lose control. In darkness, you cannot see. In light, you have visibility. And that's why we don't like darkness. But if God dwells in darkness, if God dwells in darkness, and when people go through seasons of darkness, sometimes because we do not understand God dwells in darkness, we miss the most important lessons of life, which can be only learned in darkness. There are treasures which are found only in darkness, which will be never found in light. And that's why we have to be careful. If we turn, the first thing, Exodus 20 and verse 21, and then Psalm 23 and verse 4. The people stood afar off, but Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. Okay, where is God? God's presence is in the darkness. The people stood far off. So only one man entered into that darkness, the presence of God. The others stood off because they were not willing to embrace the darkness. The man who was willing to embrace the darkness, you know, 2020 will say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of God. They are afraid of God. They are afraid of the light. They are afraid of the smoke. They are afraid of the darkness. But Moses goes in. And because Moses goes in, he experiences the presence of God. In Deuteronomy 5 and verse 22, you will see that God speaks to him in darkness. Okay. These words the Lord spoke to all your assembly in the mountain from the midst of the fire, the cloud and thick darkness with a loud voice and he had it no more. So you know, somebody who went into the darkness experienced the presence of God and the voice of God. Okay. One of the greatest treasures of darkness is you experience the presence of God in darkness like you can never experience in light. In Psalm 23 and verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow. Shadow means it is dark. It's a real dark phase of your life. There's no light there in that valley. The valley of shadow of death. But the psalmist David says, you are with me. He experiences God in a different way. All together in the valley, he experiences God. He experiences God altogether differently. He experiences God. Okay, What he never experienced before, when there was light, and his experience of God in the darkness was different. And yet people run away from this valley run away from this valley. The problem is if we skirt this valley and we refuse to embrace this valley and if embrace the presence of God in this valley, we will miss out much in life. We will miss out the most important and valuable lessons God has to teach us. We fight the very thing that God wants us to experience. In Genesis chapter 15, Verses 12 to 17, you will see the revelation that you receive in darkness. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. And behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abraham, No, certainly your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge Afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. Verse 15. Now, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. 
You shall be buried at a good old age. And in the fourth generation, they shall return here. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark. Behold, there appeared a smoking oven, a burning torch that passed between those places. The covenant was made in darkness. It was not made during daytime. It was not made during the light. This is the, this is when the covenant of God is ratified with God and man, God and Abraham. After this is ratified, Jesus has to come and die. Earlier it was a promise. Now it is a covenant. But this covenant was made in darkness. And the revelation of what would happen to his descendants was given in darkness. It is not given in light. If he hadn't gone through this darkness, he would not have known what would happen to his descendants 500 years from now. If you only want to live in light, yes, light is great. We want to be in light because we have, we can see. But there are certain things, like I said, you only will know in darkness. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, this is our issue. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, my people walk by faith. You know what that is? It is darkness and not by sight. That is light. In faith, you cannot see. You cannot see in faith. You cannot faith it. Faith is darkness. It's darkness. You do not know where you are going. You don't have control. You don't have control. You cannot say with clarity. If you ask Abraham, where are you going? He says, I don't know where I am going. It's literally walking in the dark. Literally walking in the dark. And this is our struggle. Because you want to walk by sight. You want to walk by sight. So we are not willing to embrace the darkness in which God dwells. In Genesis 28 and verses 11 to 13. The man who had tried all kind of tricks, but his first encounter with the living God happens in darkness. He came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. He took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. He lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set upon the earth. Its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the God, Lord God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give it to you and your descendants. Jacob's first revelation of the living God, where God actually meets him and speaks to him, does not happen during the day. It happens during the night. It happens in darkness. The covenant is made between God and Abraham in darkness. The revelation of his progeny, of his descendants, is shown to him in darkness. Jacob, who would become Israel, has his first encounter with God in darkness. And you will see also, when he becomes Israel also, it happens in darkness. It does not happen during light. He struggles with God in darkness, not in the light. When it is daybreak, the angel wants to leave. But all night he was contending with God. And that's what God is talking about. In First Samuel chapter 3, verses 2 to 4, the young boy Samuel is going to have his first encounter with the living God whom he doesn't know in darkness. It came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, his eyes had begun to grow so dim he could not see. Before the Lamb of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, while Samuel was lying down. And the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. It was at night. 
It was in the darkness God called him. If he had called him during the daytime, he probably would have missed his voice. Because there were so many voices in the temple then. So many, much activity going on. But it was dark. Everybody was sleeping. And it was in the dark watches of the night. God spoke to that man. And from there, he will receive a revelation of the judgment that is coming in the night. In the night. This is what God is talking about. When Elijah had given up, literally given up and was suicidal, he's restored back into ministry to raise up another generation. He receives that commission in the darkness of a cave. He's hiding in a cave, in dark cave in Horeb, and that's where the voice of God comes to him. Often we do not receive direction because we do not like to hear God in the dark. We want everything to be light. But much revelation of almost anybody, like I wrote it, any man worth his salt in the Bible, we will see it was in darkness and in dark days they really encountered God. They really encountered God. If you haven't encountered God in the dark, you really do not know God. You really do not know God. You really do not know God. Because there is a God who lives in darkness and he asks us to come. And there are dark days and dark valleys he takes us through and God says, you will experience me there if you don't flee the darkness. Whether it is Moses, whether it is David, whether it is Elijah, whether it is John the Baptist, whether it is Jesus himself. In Matthew 10 and verse 27, and verse 27. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. There are certain things God will speak to you only in the dark. He won't speak to you in the light. That's why I said the difference between the Psalms of David and the Proverbs of Solomon. Proverbs of Solomon are all brought out in the light. The Psalms of David are framed in darkness. Framed in darkness. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. There are things which God will speak to us in darkness. That's the difference between wisdom and revelation. Revelation comes in the dark. That's why it is revelation. That's why it is revelation. It has to be revealed. These are the treasures of darkness. These are the secret things which are hidden. It has to be revealed. And it is never revealed in the light. It's never revealed in the light. It is only revealed in the valley of shadow of death. It is only revealed in darkness. Exodus 12 and verse 31. 12 and verse 31. <clears throat> then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise, God, from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, go and serve the Lord as you have said. Deliverance takes place in the night. Israel comes out of Egypt at night, not during day. Not during day. The final lesson, final lesson for Israel was three days of incredible darkness so that they would experience the life and the liberty they're going to receive. As long as we have not dwelt in darkness, we will really truly never appreciate light. Never appreciate light. You know, our generation does not appreciate light because we got so many new forms of light. So many forms of light. 
I mean, none of you would even know about what is to live with kerosene lamp and a candle. With no power at all. I lived one year like that. No power. There's no power. There's only hurricane lamps and candles. You know, no power at all. So you woke up when the sun rose and you try to go to sleep early. Because you didn't wait. But now it's day and night is the same. You don't appreciate light so much because we have not dwelt in darkness. The Bible says those who dwelt in darkness have saw a great light. Great light. Why do Christians not appreciate Christ? Because they live in twilight. Twilight. They don't live in darkness. They live in artificial light. They think they are saved when they are not saved. They don't value the work of Jesus Christ. Okay, like, let us talk about most of us sitting over here are Christians. And we had an advantage. Why? Because we were Christians. We had access to education, which others did not have. Isn't it true? All the schools in India were started by the Christians. So if you were born in a Christian family, you automatically had access to stuff which the others did not have. But we don't look back and see why do we have access to so many things. Okay, You look at almost anything you look around. Behind that is a Christian or a Jew. Almost everything you look around. There is a Jew or a Christian behind almost everything you enjoy. Yet we don't appreciate Christ. Yet we don't appreciate Christ. If God hadn't made a covenant with the Jews, with Abraham, the Jews would have discovered nothing. Nothing. If God hadn't made a covenant through Christ of his new blood, the Christians would have been nothing. We would have been just like the Gentiles living in darkness. Living in darkness. And that's what we are looking at. And we say, see, we do not appreciate. We don't appreciate. You know? And deliverance takes place for Israel at night. And then they flee. They leave. And the Pharaoh comes. And God opens up the Red Sea in Exodus 14 and verse 21. What we don't see is this. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. We miss one small little thing. We think they crossed during day. They didn't cross during the day. They crossed during the night. The deliverance out of Egypt took place in the night. And out of Egypt into the wilderness also took place in the night. It was in the darkness they they crossed over. All happened at night. In Acts chapter 16 and verse 25, the deliverance of two apostles and all those who were captive in the prison happened at night. It was in darkness. Paul and Silas was going to experience God in a way they had never experienced before. It was not at light. At light, they experience the power of God in delivering somebody. But at night, they experience the power of God experiencing them from the hands of their captors. John 20 and verse 1. And verse 1. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early and while it was still dark and so the stone had been taken away. Jesus rose from the dead at dark. Not when it was light. 
was the evening and the morning was the first day. And the evening and the morning is the second day. No, he did not rise up in the morning. He rose from the dead in the dark. And when they went, he was already gone. And it's still dark. He rose from the dead when it was dark. And Matthew 25 and verse 6, I hope I got it right. At midnight, a cry was heard. Our redemption also will take place at midnight. Not in an hour when it is light, but in an hour when it is dark. It won't happen during daytime. It will happen at the midnight hour. When it is the darkest. The midnight hour, when it is the darkest. So you experience the presence of God in darkness. You receive the revelations of God in darkness. What I speak to you in dark. You experience the deliverance of God. And then what about salvation? Jonah 1 and verse 17. Then 2, chapter 2 onward. The Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. When does a sinner really get saved? Honestly. It's only when he is in darkness. Then only he will see light. You want to get saved, you have to be in darkness. Otherwise we are all in our head theologically accepting all these facts. We are still not saved. And if rapture takes place, only your head will go up. Body will still be left behind because the body never received the truth. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. Absolute pitch darkness. He said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me out of the belly of Sheol, of the grave. I cried and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit. O Lord, my God, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own. In the darkness, you realize all the things that you were pursuing were worthless. Worthless. We have to go through these stages of darkness when we will realize all these things which I pursued, you know what? It is worth nothing. Actually, I see you as a good place to get saved. Very good place. Suddenly all the things you are pursuing, you will realize, no, it means nothing. It means nothing. When the doctor comes and says, you have, like the pastor said this joke, uh, the patient comes to the doctor, the doctor says, I have bad news and I have very bad news. He said, well, what is bad news? He says, oh, you have only 24 hours to live. He says, then what is very bad news? I should have told you yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> It's when you hear 
news like that suddenly everything changes perspective changes it's only in darkness you know honestly if if you get a doctor's report he says okay you got cancer it is metastasized i don't give you more than 30 days 15 days suddenly everything changes everything changes okay everything then we start actually start seeing light till then we don't see light you don't see light and that's what i will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving i will pay what i have vowed salvation is where is you all discovering all these things jonah the prophet is discovering all these things in absolute pitch darkness and blackness is no escape for me i am done i am doomed and this is the only sign jesus gave he said three days and three nights like jonah in the belly of the fish the son of man will be and so the lord spoke to the fish and it vomited jonah onto a dry land you need to realize our salvation comes actually in darkness only in darkness we will appreciate light till then we are what do you say we are in labor we are not really born again you know some women go into hours and hours and hours of labor the child is still not born a lot of people are not genuinely born again they are still in labor they're still in labor they don't appreciate light okay as we come to the close most people are content christians are content knowing the permissive will of god but there is something called the perfect will of god you will never discover the perfect will of god outside darkness you will not perfect will of god is not discovered by any man in the bible in the light it was discovered in the darkness Moses had to be put in a dark place for 40 years before he realized what was the perfect will of God for him. David had to be put away in the darkness for maybe 10 12 years before he realized what the purpose of my life was. Joseph had to be put in darkness for 13 years before he discovered what was the purpose of his life. It's in darkness that we discover. In Acts chapter 9 verses 3 to 9 Acts chapter 9 verses 3 to 9 <clears throat> As he journeyed he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven Then he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him Saul Saul why are you persecuting me And he said who are you Lord And the Lord said <coughs> I am Jesus whom you are persecuting It is hard for you to kick against the goats so he trembling and astonished said lord what do you want me to do he wants to know the will of god then the lord said to him arise and go into the city you will be told what you must do then the men who journeyed with him stood speechless hearing a voice but seeing no one and then saul arose from the ground and when his eyes were opened he saw no one but they led him by hand and brought him into damascus now he is blind and he was 3 days without sight right yet started in the light moved to bright light now he is in darkness he was leading a group of men now the group of men is leading him but in those 3 days of darkness we say in english he moved from sight to insight 
from side to inside. You start really see. You start really see. You know? And in verse 15, he understands the will of God for his life. The Lord said to him, Go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel. You know? Even Jesus, it was in the garden of Gethsemane. He surrenders to the perfect will of his father. It was in the garden. In the darkness he was contending. It was in the darkness of Gethsemane. Everybody fell asleep. Nobody was staring up with him. But it was in the darkness he discovered, he knew and surrendered to the perfect will of the father. And that's what God is telling us. We learn more during adversity in the days, years of darkness than in good times. And our issue is not the dark. During those dark periods, we are always trying to escape without asking Lord, what are the treasures you have me during this season? What do you have for me during this season? What is that you are trying to teach me? When you are in darkness, all you want is to escape and come into light. All you want to escape. And you know what happens? We miss many things which are hidden by God over there. There are things, he says, are kept. Secret things. There are treasures, he says, in darkness. In Psalm 139, verses 11 and 12. Surely darkness shall fall on me. Even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day, and the darkness and the light both are both alike to you. For God, it is the same. For us, darkness is scary. But for God, light and darkness is the same. He covers himself in darkness, and yet light goes before him. And the psalmist understands. He understands. No, he understands. Like I said, the church and Christians, especially in the free world and everywhere, it is like they have no voice. It looks like Jesus on the cross. Lord, you have forsaken us. What is happening? The powers of darkness are taking over. They are mocking you and your people day in and day out. There's no voice. It seems like we are in darkness. There's nobody to speak for us. Nobody to fight for us. And God says, but... I have something for you during this season. During this season. Like I said, all the great men of God were framed during dark periods. Then they came out. When they came out of the darkness, they had an experience of God which they could reveal it to the people. You look at anybody in the Bible. Look at anybody in the Bible. Look at any man in the Bible. You will see if they had a revelation of God, they received during darkness. In Psalm 18 and verse 28. You will light my lamp. The Lord, my God, will enlighten my darkness. You know, we have Roshan sitting over here. Okay, Today it's all digital. But do you know in the old days, every picture that was taken in the light was always developed in darkness. It's always developed in darkness. And all the lessons we hear theoretically in the light is actually developed only in darkness. 
If you allow too much light in the darkness, the picture is spoiled. It is spoiled. It will make no sense. And that's what we try to do. What we try to do, we try to flood our darkness with artificial light. And you know what? The picture gets spoiled. The picture gets spoiled. Because those lessons are developed only in darkness. And that's what God is talking about. That's why God forces his children into dark places. That's what the Bible says. God sent a man ahead of him. Who was that man? It was Joseph. It was not that his brother sold him. God caused it to happen for 13 years of darkness. 13 years. By the time he comes out of darkness, is 30 years. But now he's ready for a 80 year, 80 years ministry. Because of the lessons he'd received in darkness. From 30 to 110, Joseph is going to reign. 80 years. But if he's going to reign for 80 years, he is going to learn lessons for 13 years of darkness. You know, if David is going to be the greatest king of Israel and Jesus' throne is going to be called the throne of David, then all the lessons he learned, he learned during darkness. It is not during light. All the vital lessons David learned, he learned during the dark period. God couldn't use Moses at all for the 40 years of light he received in the Egyptian court. But those 40 years in the wilderness, 40 years in the wilderness is what God used him. At the end of the day, he doesn't become prince of Israel. He becomes a shepherd of Israel. He becomes a shepherd of Israel. 12 years in a prison is what gave us the pilgrim's progress. The second probably best known Christian classic after the Bible. <laughs> if you have a pilgrim's progress, it's because a man went into darkness for 12 years. If Richard Wombrand became the voice of the persecuted church in his generation, it was because of 14 years in darkness. Otherwise, he will have no voice. He will have no voice. You have 8,000 songs written by Fanny Crosby. It's because it was written in darkness. It was not written in light. It was not written in light. It was written in... If you have paradise lost and paradise regained, it's because that man went blind. Milton went blind. And it's in blindness he could write the masterpiece. The fall of Adam and how the rise of Jesus. So God is telling us this morning, when you are going through darkness, ask God, what are you showing me that was hidden in the light? What are you showing me? What are you showing me? Right? Now you go out, it's bright light, look up in the sky, you see nothing. Wait till darkness comes. And then suddenly you realize the light actually hid so much which only darkness could reveal. Only darkness could reveal the stars. Light could not reveal the stars. Only darkness. Right? You want, you go to buy jewelry, diamonds or anything. It is always kept the background canopy which is very dark. 
It is never jewelry, diamonds are never on a background of canopy of light colors, no? bright colors. No, it's always dark. Always dark. So this Good Friday, when the Bible says darkness covered the earth for three hours straight, six to the ninth hour. And for his disciples, it was three days of literal darkness, spiritual darkness. Whole earth was dark. For the first time, there is no voice. There's nothing. Absolutely nothing. The Son of God is dead, buried. He's in darkness. God is not speaking. Even Jesus himself told, said, carry a couple of swords for your own sake to protect you so that nobody kills you. Three days of darkness. But like I said in Exodus 20, verse 21, we have two choices. You can stand far off or you can draw near. We have two choices. Okay, you can stand far off. I have issue with darkness. I have issue with adversity. I have an issue with pain. I have an issue with suffering. I have issue with tough times. You can stand far off or you can draw near. And when you draw near, you will realize that's where God is. And then like the psalmist, we can say, you know, it's a different altogether. When it was light, yes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's light. He leads me to green pastures. That is light. No shepherd takes the sheep to the green pastures during night. It's a light. Still waters. It is light. Then the darkness comes. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But thou art with me. Suddenly he experiences God in a different way. In the darkness he experiences God. He experiences a different level of anointing in the dark, which he never experienced in the light. He anoints my head with oil. And my cup is overflowing. Which didn't happen earlier in the light. It's happening in the dark. Because he embraces the presence of God in the darkness. No. Earlier he had eaten at green pastures and drunk from still waters during the light. But now he says in the wilderness, God is setting a table for me in the presence of my enemies. This is in the dark. In the dark. He understands the goodness and the mercy of God in the dark. In the dark. And that's the reality to which God is calling us. The church is calling us. Don't miss out the treasures that you will discover in the dark. The lessons, the life lessons, which will, you, can, you will carry it all your life into eternity. And which can be only learned during the dark. It cannot be learned during the daytime. It is impossible to learn those lessons during the daytime. It is only learned during the dark. Dark. And God says, you have a choice. We are not talking about powers of darkness or we are not talking about the works of darkness or the habitations of cruelty. We are talking about embracing God during our dark days. It's a good day. Good Friday. You know, good Friday. And people fight it. Sadly, people fight it. And when you fight it, what happens is that you miss it. You miss it. When God told King Saul, the kingdom is taken away from you, his dark days had begun. 
he fought it and he lost it. He should have embraced it. He should have embraced it. He says, Lord, it's you, yours to give or to take. Like Job embraced his darkness. God, Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. And after that you have 40 chapters of darkness. But at the end of the darkness, the lessons he learned during the darkness is what is taught about Job. Yes, Job chapter 1 talks about a man of integrity and nobody like him and all. But nobody teaches on that. That was all before darkness came. But after darkness, is gone through the darkness. The lessons he learns about God in darkness. And he's able to say, earlier my ears had heard about you. But during this season of darkness, when he came at the end of it, my eyes have seen you. And God is telling us, don't miss these lessons. Don't miss these lessons. Otherwise we'll just become what is called theoretical Christians. Theoretical Christians. And we won't go much. We won't go far. You know why? Because God cannot trust us. God cannot trust us. You know, when Jesus was taken into the darkness, there is Peter, man's fire, man's light, warming himself. And he betrays Jesus three times. Three times. But you look at Apostle Paul, three days later in darkness, he comes to the light, the eyes are open. He never betrays Jesus. Never betrays Jesus. Never draws back. Never draws back. Because he learned those lessons in darkness. And you never would go back. Never. You have a book of revelation? It's a book of revelation because it was written in darkness. In an island called Patamos. A barren, rocky island called Patamos. In the darkest face of the only surviving apostle's life, you have a book a revelation. The hidden things was revealed to him and to us through him. You know, and that's what God is talking about. Learn. As we go, we'll go back to Isaiah 45, verse 3, and then we'll go to prayer. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I the Lord who called you by your name. I'm the God of Israel. That's when you will know him. That's when we'll know God. We'll understand. Because in darkness, he reveals himself to us. Okay, so don't be in a hurry to rush into light. Learn the lessons. You know, if you look in US, from President Trump onwards to everyone who voted for him, are in walking through a season of darkness. Dis- discouraged, depressed. People get like Elijah. They get depressed when darkness comes. They become discouraged. They give up. They quit. Incredible men like that. Quit. I want to die. John the Baptist, give up. It was a man who feared nobody in the light. Arrested and put in prison in the dungeon in the darkness, he quit. Quit. Yet in that dungeon, God had a lesson for him. He said, go and tell John, the blind see, the lame walk, the dead are raised to life, lepers are cleansed. You see, because he gave up in the darkness, he missed the lesson. You did not go wrong, John. You pointed the right man. 
You did not go wrong. No, that's what happens. People get depressed. Dark times. They become addicts. No, they try to hide in something during darkness instead of drawing close to God. So Moses drew near to God. He went into the darkness. The people stood far off. And because he went into the darkness, we have the first five books. The first five books. No, Because Apostle Paul embraced God in his darkness, we have the epistles. Okay, so this morning as we go to prayer, I'll ask the birthday girl to come. Father, we just come to you this morning. We just want to thank you. We just want to praise you. We just want to worship you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Darkness, night, will not last forever. At the end, day will break. But there are lessons you want us to learn during those seasons, Lord. The lessons that can never be learned in light. There are hidden treasures, O oh Lord. There are secrets. There are things which you will never speak to us during the light. You said the things that you hear me speak in the dark. It was in the dark. Samuel heard, a little boy heard from God, the judgment over the house of Eli. And what was going to come over Israel? He heard it in the night. It was in the dark watches of the night, David heard. And you spoke to him. And we have the sweet psalmist of Israel. Joseph was framed in darkness of a dungeon, maybe ten years. In the dark dungeon. So that he would become the ruler of Egypt. So many people going through a dark phase in their life. For many it has been years. And they too are crying out like how long Lord. The word of the Lord this good Friday is don't miss the lessons. The treasures that are hidden. Hidden in darkness. Touch your people everywhere. They've gone through much pain. Much suffering. Some self-inflicted. Others as part of your will. And I pray, Lord, we will learn that lessons that you want to teach us, Lord. It's a good Friday. It is a good thing, Lord, that you have sent your son to die for us. It is a good thing. What he went through was terrible, but it was a good thing for us. For if he had died on the cross, if he had been willing to embrace that darkness, 
the darkness of the grave. The darkness of being separated from his father and his God. If he had been willing to walk into it, we would have dwelt and died in darkness and never seen light. I pray today, Lord, our hearts would be open to things that we will only hear from you in that dark. To hear your voice. Not to like Saul of Tarsus to kick against the goats, but to allow the goats to take you to its natural conclusion, to Christ, to be hidden in Christ. <coughs> touch, Lord, touch. Touch. I speak comfort during this season. I speak strength during this season. I speak for revelations for people to receive during this season. Revelation of themselves. As Saul of Tarsus saw himself. And a revelation of who you are. That this would be a profitable season for the church. There would be experience the presence of God. We would receive revelations from God. Would hear more clearly from God during this season than ever before. And we would be able to speak to the people in the light what we heard from you in the dark. That people will know. As the widow in summary has said, I know you are a man of God. And the word of the Lord is in our mouth, in your mouth. It was not the miracle of the flower multiplying in the bin or the oil rising. It was when she went through her dark night, the death of her son. And when the child was restored, that is when she acknowledged, you are a man of God. And the word on your mouth is the word of God. All the miracles we experience cannot give the lesson of one dark night when God speaks. One night, one vision, one covenant kept Jacob going for 20 years. I pray, Lord, speak to us during this season. Let this season and this time in so many lives not be wasted. That we learn to be in your presence and learn to hear your voice. We'll carry those lessons for a lifetime and be a blessing to many. Commit your servant here into thy hands, O Lord. As a church, we bless her in your name. As she enters into a new year, I pray the hand of God would rest upon her. The hand who kept her the hand who led her, the hand that brought her to this nation and kept her in this nation all these years, oh Father. And I pray, Lord, this year, she will experience you even more, oh Lord. You will use her even more, oh Lord. Blessed to be a blessing, oh Master. You said this is a year of stretching. And I pray, Lord, you would stretch her too, Lord, that she would bless, be a blessing to even more people this year than the years that have passed by, Lord. Blessed to be a blessing. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.